The race to 5G is on, and the battle for talent is getting fierce. Welcome to 5G Talent Talk with Carrie Charles, a podcast dedicated to helping you face the future workforce head on. Navigate this challenging talent landscape with innovative strategies to attract, retain, and engage people in this new world of work. Only here on 5G Talent Talk with Carrie Charles, CEO of Broadstaff Talent Solutions. Hello, and thank you for joining me today on 5G Talent Talk. I'm Carrie Charles, and I am your host. I'm absolutely thrilled with my guest today, a woman who I have a great deal of respect for, Jessica Firestone. She is the CEO of Tempest. Jessica, how are you doing? Hey, good to see you, Carrie. I'm doing really well today. Thank you. Good. Thanks for coming on the show. I'm really excited. I know when I saw you at Connectivity Expo this year, I said, hey, we got to do this, right? You're an entrepreneur. You're, you know, very successful. You have really, and the thing that I have a lot of respect for is, again, because I'm a female in Mm -hmm. telecom and so are you. And, you know, we want to hear a little bit about some of the challenges that you've had to overcome there too. So I just can't wait for this conversation. But first, tell me, you know, what's the story behind Tempest Mm -hmm. and also your journey in getting to where you are today? Like, tell me. How did all this happen? Yeah, I always say when I was a little girl, I wasn't dreaming of selling uh, telecom equipment, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but that's where I am. And I uh, actually love the industry a lot. I started off working at a very young age. I was very motivated to uh, support myself. So I started off actually working for a company in the secondary market computer parts business. And that was, uh, you know, about a five-year journey. And then um, some partners I knew were starting a telecom company back in 95 called Samara Communications. And I actually uh, moved up to Santa Barbara to join them and learn the telecom industry. I kind of knew the some of the business in terms of the refurbished type of the business, but I had, did not know anything about telecom. So I got in there and started talking to customers. And this is the heyday of, you know, the deregulation and everyone's building. And it was a, just a wild ride. We were at that time really focused on the buying and selling of equipment. And um, it was a crazy success, that business. I was there till 2002 and led the largest division there of the wireless network equipment sales and very, very successful there. And uh, I loved it because in a way, I felt like the relationships were a key, building the relationships, managing people, which I can go into further, which I loved, and then just really creatively solving our customers' problems, whether we could find them the exact solution they needed or come up with an engineer, a different solution. And I was actually really good at that creative part and at the problem solving as well. So I did that until 2002 and then uh, had a one-year-old at that point and wanted to take a break. Um, there had been ownership changes at the company. Actually took a few years off. I did some consulting. I did sales training for the company I had left and then uh, did some uh fashion business, which I always laugh because I like the customers a lot better in the telecom industry than (laughs) there's just, um, just people are just so down to earth and there's no, but anyhow, yeah. So in 2005, I was just kind of looking into the fact that there is still a need out there that a lot of customers were interested in working with a diversity company. And I had people that wanted to work together again. So in 2005, I missed telecom and I launched Tempest. And uh, that was kind of the beginning. And that was 17 years ago this month. 
Wow. Congratulations. 17 years yeah. as an entrepreneur. So Jessica, tell me more about Tempest. Who do you serve, your markets, products, mm -hmm. everything? Okay, great. So Tempest is a multi-vendor equipment and services solutions provider. Our customers are everyone from the large wireless carriers, the tower companies, the MSOs, the WISP, and then we've got a whole group with the government and energy networks. So they have obviously telecom networks as well. The data center enterprise companies have networks as well. So that's kind of the customers that we serve. So we sell, um, as I've mentioned, both new and refurbished equipment, but the products kind of span everything from RAN, so, you know, your LTE, 5G type equipment, as well as a lot of in-building DAS, which there's a lot of legacy products there, DC power, batteries, optical data, and more. Within that, you know, some of the manufacturers we support are everything from Ericsson, Nokia, Cisco, Juniper, Comscope, Corning, et cetera. And, you know, a lot of the in-building, I think I already said, is uh, there's a lot of discontinued product there. And so we're helping a lot um, with the repair and support of those products as well. And a lot of these products we also do repair on, but those are some of the main areas that we focus on. Great. So what are the ways that you help your customers? Like, let's say problems that you solve, because I know you said you're a problem solver. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a quick update on the, so there's the network equipment is part of what we do. In that, we will do everything from supplying refurbished equipment when there's maybe a backward or a legacy need, new distribution, as well as kitting and staging, which we're actually doing, for example, right now, we're supporting a 5G OEM. We're actually pre-assemble and testing, kitting their products, and then getting them out to their customers. So everything from sort of the network equipment side and to also the remote integrations that we're doing through our TAC center. And we also do remote maintenance services there, tax support. So there's cost savings there on the maintenance side. And then uh, in addition, we do hardware repair and spares management programs. So, you know, basically we're helping kind of all the way through the network lifecycle from the new builds expansions to the maintenance of the installed to supporting the legacy transitions into the future builds as well. Wow. So what markets or regions do you serve? So we, our customer base is primarily, I would say, North America today, with some exceptions in terms of who our customers are. Our supply partnerships are more global, and that's a big key strategy for us is to be able to locate the equipment that our customers need when they need it. But mostly our customers are North America. Right. Yeah. So let me ask you, because this is a big question, you know, for everyone today mm -hmm. is, uh, you know, the global supply chain issues. And we were just talking about that. So how have the supply chain shortages affected mm -hmm. your business? And, and also you said that you've really been able to help your customers there as well. Yeah, no, that's a great question. Thank you. So basically because Tempest, you know, we do new equipment distribution, but we also do fulfillment from refurbished and new and new surplus through decommissioning of their carriers, canceled projects, you know, just database, all the surplus equipment, you know, out there that we can. So how it's affected us actually is we've been able to step up our support of our carriers and our network operators, because if they can't get it from the OEM right now, we often can solve their problems. And that can be across, I mean, we see a lot of this with, you know, batteries and power, but also, you know, data equipment, all across the network elements, 
there seems to be shortages that we're able to really help solve problems with. So that's been actually, it's sort of stepped up our offering and our ability to really solve our customers' issues right now. So Jessica, I know we've talked a little bit about this, but talk about what you love most about your role as CEO. Like what really lights you up every day? So I would say there's several parts of that. I absolutely love hiring and developing people. I love that our company employs 117 people. But more than that, I love seeing the development and being able to mentor and help the people on my team and then see them take off and get independent and grow and succeed and then add their own team members. And it's very fulfilling to teach and see people really learn and then be able to succeed. And I feel like I've seen people grow up through this company and it's really exciting. I think that's a big part for me. And I also still love the strategy, the marketing, the, you know, looking at deals. I love my customer relationships throughout this industry and not just customers, just, you know, contacts I've known for many, many years now through two companies. So, um, yeah, I just have a lot of passion for the whole business and for the people. So what tips can you share as, as a business leader, entrepreneur with people who are listening? who want to start their own business right now, or maybe they're a new entrepreneur or they have a business and they're really focusing on how to make that successful in this marketplace today. So what tips can you share with those people? I mean, I think the biggest tip I would share is really hear them out and understand all the issues they're facing to kind of continue to reinvent and tweak your approach so that you're solving a need that's out there that's not just everyone can do it, but find your niche, find your unique niche of where you can solve their problems and then build that loyalty with those customers. And uh, I would also say, I still think, I mean, I know we're getting through this crazy COVID world. I still think personal relationships, phone conversations and customer visits, face-to-face relationships are still, in some ways, I think they're appreciated more than ever because people have been lacking contact and human interactions. I'm all about like keeping those personal connections whether it's this way or whether it's, you know, face to face. So that's kind of where I would say, like, find your niche, you know, continue to be flexible and reinventing yourself and keep those relationships strong and listen to your customers for finding those next avenues. Great advice. Great advice. You know, you talked a little bit about the way things have changed. And I know that a lot has changed for salespeople, Mm -hmm. not just in our industry, but in every industry. And the way that we you know, sell in today's world. Mm -hmm. So my question to you is, you know, you mentioned, yes, that it's still important to get out there and get in front of people. And I know travel is really hard right now. Flights are are delayed and canceled. And it's just so challenging to get around the world right now. But in your opinion, from what you've seen over 17, actually for much longer than 17 years, I mean, you definitely Mm -hmm. have been involved in business development as well as trained and mentored and developed salespeople. So how has the process of sales changed in our industry? And, you know, is it still, like you said, how important is it that we still get out there and travel and see customers on, you know, week to week to week and have those face-to-face interactions? So we've never been like the every week travel people. We've been kind of more strategic, like in terms of when there's a really key relationship to build or a deal to focus on, you know, so 
I think that was kind of paused for a few years during COVID. But one thing that my team was great about was scheduling these meetings with teams of their people and uh, try to make it as interactive as possible. But I would say over the years, you know, yeah, I think customers expect less of that face-to-face flying out for every opportunity. I think you have to just be much more selective, you know, intentional on your business travel. But then when you do it, make it high impact. And, and I do think it means something to people still to this day. So I think that it has changed some. It's definitely not where it was. And uh, people are able to have really much more significant meetings or deeper conversations, you know, remote than they were back in the day. But again, I still support that. The other change I see is in marketing. I believe that demand mark generation marketing and just a really cohesive marketing messaging to your customers is an, is sort of to me another sales avenue now. It's like, I kind of joke that it's like selling while you sleep, but you know, I feel like you're constantly needing to stay in front of your customers. And when you, you can't call everyone every day, but to be consistently letting them know the areas where we can help them and getting in front of them that way too. Yes. Yes. Top of mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it happens to me sometimes where, you know, I'll have somebody that calls me or reaches out to me a hundred times and I say, no, 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 not right now, right right now. And then a different person reaches out at the right time. Yeah. And I say, okay, I'm ready. And yeah. so sometimes it is all about timing. So yeah. tell me about the, the Tempest culture and what you've created over the past 17 years. What do you love about the Tempest culture? I would say that I love the people that I work with. I think that the team is extremely passionate about um, taking care of our customers and there's an energy and a competitive energy, which I love with each other in terms of like the sales team, you know, they're all friendly, but competitive. And I love that. But also it's important to us to spend time socially. And that could be anything from going on a, you know, on a hike or having a happy hour, you know, depending on the team, you know, out in Dallas, we'll have a bowling, you know, outing or, you know, but just spending time together. That's when we're not working and trying to just um, show that, you know, people are such an incredibly important, appreciated part of this. And we obviously couldn't do it without our people. <laughs> so we need them to feel appreciated and supported, but also, I mean, have fun, like joke, you know, joke around and, you know, take a minute to enjoy the people that you're spending so much time with. So I think we're definitely supportive of the people. We want to make sure they know that, you know, family comes first. If there's issues they need to take care of, take time, go focus on that and get that, you know, where you feel comfortable, you know, but that balance of work life is super important, I would say. But yeah, I think it's a fun culture. I think it's a hardworking, passionate group of people, but we really are like, you know, one big family. I can hear that. Now, do you have a hybrid model? Are you in office, remote? Do you have a combination? It's funny because yes, we do. We have a hybrid model. And before COVID, it was all about everyone needs to be in the office all the time. And we need to hire most of our people here in California for sales and da, 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 you know. And we've had to just, you know, rethink all of that. So we want to be flexible to support our team. And it's kind of taught us that the right people can be remote. If they're independent and self-motivated and they know the business, you know, we can support them remote. And that's good because, hey, I'm in Santa Barbara. We have our main technical facility and our logistics center is in Dallas. So there's good people. But 
it's awesome to have sort of the whole, you know, country to get good people. But yeah, we try to get everyone here at least a few days a week. And we try to have one day where everyone's here. And it's great hearing kind of that, you know, energy and deal making out there again, because I think there is really still a huge benefit to people sitting together and hearing what each other's working on and helping out each other and in the social aspect as well. I so agree with you. You know, I came in this morning and we have a hybrid model as well. So we're off on Mondays and not off. I mean, <laughs> we're really remote. Wish. Let me rephrase that. Okay. Great. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that would be great to be off on Monday and Friday. Um, but we're remote on Monday and Friday. And then we're in office Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then we also have a full remote team throughout the country as mm-hmm. well. But there is something special about being in person when we can. And I do agree with that. But that flexibility, everyone, you know, people love, they absolutely love. Some leaders say that that's, you know, that that's going to change and we're all going to get back in the office. So who knows? Mm -hmm. But my question to you, you know, that I I wanted to explore a little bit is, you know, this area of talent attraction. Mm -hmm. And it's obviously a struggle for so many people right now. And which is very interesting because, you know, with the recession, but we still have talent shortages and it's just kind of a little of an odd time. But is there anything that is working for you with talent attraction? Maybe any challenges that you're having, any strategies that you've put into place that you can share? Well, yeah, that's a great question. I would say that flexibility is probably the number one word that pops into my mind. And, you know, for me and for my partners, you know, it's always been like I said, like, you know, this is the schedule and this is where you're going to be and this, this, this. And it's kind of like now, like, no, to attract the people that we want to attract, we have to think differently ourselves about work. And we have to think, no, if they're hardworking and they know what they're doing and they're company people, like we're going to be open to them being somewhere else. And we're going to be open to their schedules being a little bit different. So that might be like, a you know, more flexible vacation plan, you know, more flexible, you know, working remote plan. And so it's about flexibility. And really, in the end, what we want is people to succeed and, and do their job well and for Tempest to succeed. So if they can do that wherever they are, you know, whenever they're there, that's more important than that old fashioned, you know, eight to five sitting here, you know, in the office kind of way that we've always done things. Brilliant. Brilliant. I feel exactly the same way. And Mm -hmm. also what I hear in that is trust, Mm -hmm. you know, trust people and that they are doing what they need to do. And they have that passion that you said, right. That's Mm -hmm. your culture Mm -hmm. and that drive, but also you, you maintain that connectedness as well. So Jessica, as female leader and entrepreneur in telecom, and I talk about this with women that I have on the podcast, just because we're in a male dominated industry Mm -hmm. and there's so many women and men that ask me, okay, how can I attract and retain more women? And, And as a woman in telecom, how can I become more successful in a male dominated industry? So these are topics that we hear a lot. Mm. So my question to you is, you know, have you faced any challenges along the way in your rise to get to where you are today? And how have you overcome those challenges? For me, it's always been about knowing my industry, knowing my business. And yeah, I mean, I can't lie, like even especially when I was you know, younger, you know, you get that first like, oh, she's approaching me because she's like female and she's trying to get to me with like, you know, that angle, like a flirtatious angle. And but no, like for me, it's always about when I open my mouth and I know what I'm talking about and I've done my research and I'm adding value 
and I'm equal to the men or, you know, maybe sometimes they know more than they do. Um, <laughs> and that's how we're going to, you know, prove ourselves and take away any of that inequality or any of that, like, oh, she's just trying to use her looks or she's just, no, like, I'm just an equal to you and I know what I'm doing. And if we talk and sit down, yeah, we can have a friendly relationship. And that's important to me with all my clients, men, women, you know, I want to find a way to connect or like bond with my, the people I'm working with, but is it's that as two equals who, you know, know our business and can help each other out. And I think it's, so it's sort of about knowing your stuff and proving it in the way that you communicate. And that's kind of the best way I could say that. Great advice. It's great advice. And also very honest Mm -hmm. because, you know, you're saying things that people are thinking, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah. it's just the nature of humanity. That's what we deal with, right? With yeah. The male and the female uh, energy when both yeah. are present. So love that. Any other advice that you would give to a woman in telecom who's starting out or who really wants to advance? You know, it's funny because I'm trying to think if it's, you know, any different than I would give to a man starting out, you know, and I think it's really just anyone starting in this industry, you know, is to really build relationships with the you know, with your customers so you can learn from them what they need and how to help them, you know, find mentors, people you can really work closely with to learn how they navigated the opportunities that they did. Take yourself seriously, know what you're doing, you know, learn and just work, you know, work really hard. I mean, I would say in telecom, it's a level of persistence and consistency that is, you know, needs to be steady And it's a lot of hard work, but when you make those relationships and get to those opportunities, it's extremely rewarding. So be patient with yourself, but work hard and and learn everything you can about our, the business you're in, the customers, you know, business. I'm a huge advocate of detail in terms of like, if you're in telecom for me, it's like learn everything you can about your customers' networks or learn everything you can about the organization and the buying process and the decision-making process of your customers. That's kind of, I don't know, that's what I would give advice to new people starting out in the industry. Again, love what you said with persistency and consistency. Yeah. And so, so important. And, you know, you've said multiple times, you know, listen to your customer, listen to your customer Mm. and, you know, get, understand everything about that customer, right? Yes. And then from a culture standpoint, you know, the fact that, you know, you said it's all about people and really offering that flexibility, which I do think is important. I really do. And I know that there's leaders right now that are saying, okay, will this subside? Will this go away? We'll be back in the office and back to the way it used to be. And and I really don't think we will. I I think that this desire for flexibility is still going to be there. So I think all all of this is just really resonating with me. What is your vision for Tempest? Let's say looking out for five years from now. I mean, I think that my vision would be to continue to develop some of the programmatic parts of our business. So what I mean by that is I really want to grow our ability to provide complete comprehensive spares management programs or maintenance programs. I want to be more into the new builds for 5G for private wireless, you know, private LTE. And so really just, I want to add more new market distribution relationships to that. And then, uh, you know, expanding more internationally and uh, both on the selling and on the support and on the, you know, and the buying side as well. 
So just continue to grow, continue to have more contractual programmatic business, and then expand into more, you know, the enterprise space. I think there's more opportunity there for us. And yeah, continue to grow. I mean, I guess that's pretty like straightforward, but that's uh, continually the focus is, you know, where are we going? How can we, you know, grow more? How can we get more contracts so that it's the bottom line is just kind of coming in every month and then we add to it. So there you go. That's exactly it. And uh, I truly believe that you're going to be able to accomplish all that, Jessica. And you've had congratulations on 17 years in business. And I'm sure that you will have another 17 years or more to come. And, you know, I wanted to ask you, though, where can we learn more about Tempest and also your open jobs? Are you hiring right now? We are hiring. We are hiring. We have uh, we have some sales roles. We often have technical roles, logistics roles, project management. So yeah, and uh, our website is, actually, I can give it to you if you want. It's yes, www.tempestns.com. And definitely, you know, always interested in finding, you know, good people. One of the things I wanted to mention, Carrie, and this is kind of probably going to go back to earlier in the conversation, is when we talked about global supply chain shortages, another really big shortage is technical resources in terms of you know, the engineering and that kind of information, technical experience is kind of aging out in certain situations. And one of the things that our remote technical services business is, is it's people business. It's a technical team. And the reason I'm mentioning that is that one of the ways we help the carriers is when they don't have the right people when they need them technically with that expertise, we're able to help. And I'm also mentioning it because the people listening, you know, may have expertise and may want to check that out in case there's opportunities for growth in that area as well. Beautiful. Oh, that's so true. I mean, technical talent is very challenging to find. I mean, all talent is, but definitely that highly skilled technical talent. Exactly. And I think that's a brilliant service that you provide there in helping the carriers with, you know, the technical side and the people Mm -hmm. that they need when they don't have it available to them. And you said aging out, which also is key because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of baby boomers have yes. the workforce retired, yeah. right? Yeah. After post-COVID. And also, you know, unfortunately, millions of women have left the workforce as well. And so are working with less people. So I think yeah. all of these are fantastic, fantastic points. So Jessica, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was a pleasure talking to you. And I hope to see you soon. I will be getting on a plane and traveling to California soon. You know, we have Lisa White there as your neighbor in Santa Barbara. So I'm going to have to come see both of you. Love love Santa Barbara. That'd be really fun. I would love that. Thank you so much for your time today and for the opportunity to speak here. I really appreciate it. Of course. Of course. We'll talk soon. Okay. Have a good day. Bye. Thank you for listening to another informative episode of 5G Talent Talk brought to you by RCR Wireless News, Telecom Careers, and Broadstaff Talent Solutions. As we advance into the future, we promise to bring you the resources you need to navigate this ever-changing landscape of 5G to help you attract, retain, and engage people in this new world of work. To access the show notes or leave a review, visit broadstaffglobal.com. Until next time.